O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Sunday, July 25th. Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the biblical calendar, the Sabbath, the feasts, and the Torah reading cycle. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there, but there is nothing like listening to the crystal clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit, as it is written in Romans 10:17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken Word of God, it is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 The Word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the New Living Translation for the Brit Hadashah. Today we begin a new Torah portion, Ekev, and it means on the heel of. Deuteronomy 7, 12-26 And if you do obey these rules and observe them carefully, Hashem your God will maintain faithfully for you the covenant that He made on oath with your fathers. He will favor you and bless you and multiply you. He will bless the issue of your womb and the produce of your soil, your new grain and wine and oil, the calving of your herd and the lambing of your flock, in the land that He swore to your fathers to assign to you. You shall be blessed above all other peoples. There shall be no sterile male or female among you or among your livestock. HaShem will ward off from you all sickness. He will not bring upon you any of the dreadful diseases of Egypt, about which you know, but will inflict them upon all your enemies. You shall destroy all the peoples that HaShem your God delivers to you, showing them no pity. And you shall not worship their gods, for that would be a snare to you. Should you say to yourselves, These nations are more numerous than we, how can we dispossess them? You need have no fear of them. You have but to bear in mind what Hashem your God did to Pharaoh and all the Egyptians. 
the wondrous acts that you saw with your own eyes, the signs and the portents, the mighty hand and the outstretched arm by which Hashem your God liberated you. Thus will Hashem your God do to all the peoples you now fear. Hashem your God will also send a plague against them until those who are left in hiding perish before you. Do not stand in dread of them, for Hashem your God is in your midst, a great and awesome God. Hashem your God will dislodge those peoples before you little by little. You will not be able to put an end to them at once, else the wild beasts would multiply to your hurt. Hashem your God will deliver them up to you, throwing them into utter panic until they are wiped out. He will deliver their kings into your hand, and you shall obliterate their name from under the heavens. No man shall stand up to you until you have wiped them out. You shall consign the images of their gods to the fire. You shall not covet the silver and gold on them and keep it for yourselves, lest you be ensnared thereby, for that is abhorrent to Hashem your God. You must not bring an abhorrent thing into your house, or you will be proscribed like it. You must reject it as abominable and abhorrent, for it is proscribed. Second Chronicles 14, 1-16, 14 Asa did what was good and pleasing to Hashem, his God. He abolished the alien altars and shrines. He smashed the pillars and cut down the sacred posts. He ordered Yehuda to turn to God of their fathers and to observe the teaching and the commandment. He abolished the shrines and the incense stands throughout the cities of Yehuda, and the kingdom was untroubled under him. He built fortified towns in Yehuda, since the land was untroubled, and he was not engaged in warfare during those years, for Hashem had granted him respite. He said to Yehuda, Let us build up these cities and surround them with walls and towers, gates and bars, while the land is at our disposal, because we turn to Hashem our God. We turn to Him, and He gave us respite on all sides. They were successful in their building. Asa had an army of 300,000 men from Yehuda bearing shields and spears, and 280,000 from Benjamin bearing bucklers and drawing the bow. All these were valiant men. Zerah the Cushite marched out against them with an army of a thousand thousand and three hundred chariots. When he reached Merishah, Asa confronted him, and the battle lines were drawn in the valley of Zephat by Merishah. Asa called to Hashem his God and said, Hashem, it is all the same to you to help the numerous and the powerless. Help us, Hashem our God, for we rely on you, and in your name, We have come against this great multitude. You are Hashem our God. Let no mortal hinder you. So Hashem routed the Cushites before Asa and Yehuda, and the Cushites fled. Asa and the army with him pursued them as far as Gerar. Many of the Cushites fell wounded beyond recovery, for they broke before Hashem and his camp. Very much spoil was taken. 
All the cities in the vicinity of Gerar were ravaged, for a terror of Hashem seized them. All the cities were plundered, and they yielded much booty. They also ravaged the encampment of herdsmen, capturing much sheep and camels. Then they returned to Jerusalem. The Spirit of Hashem came upon Azariah, son of Oded. He came to Asa and said to him, Listen to me, Asa, and all Yehuda and Benjamin. Hashem is with you, as long as you are with him. If you turn to him, he will respond to you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Israel has gone many days without the true Hashem, without a Kohen to give instruction, and without teaching. But in distress it returned to God of Israel and sought him, and he responded to them. At those times no wayfarer was safe, for there was much tumult among all the inhabitants of the lands. Nation was crushed by nation and city by city, for Hashem threw them into panic with every kind of trouble. As for you, be strong, do not be disheartened, for there is a reward for your labor. When Asa heard these words, the prophecy of Oded the Navi, he took courage and removed the abominations from the entire land of Yehuda and Benjamin, and from the cities that he had captured in the hill country of Ephraim. He restored the altar of Hashem in front of the porch of Hashem. He assembled all the people of Yehuda and Benjamin, and those people of Ephraim, Manasseh, and Shimon, who sojourned among them, for many in Israel had thrown in their lot with him, when they saw that Hashem his God was with him. They were assembled in Jerusalem in the third month of the fifteenth year of the reign of Asa. They brought sacrifices to Hashem on that day. They brought seven hundred oxen and seven thousand sheep of spoil. They entered into a covenant to worship the God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. Whoever would not worship God of Israel would be put to death, whether small or great, whether man or woman. So they took an oath to Hashem in a loud voice and with shouts, with trumpeting and blasts of the shofar. All Yehuda rejoiced over the oath, for they swore with all their heart and sought him with all their will. He responded to them and gave them respite on every side. He also deposed Mekah, mother of King Asa, from the rank of queen mother, because she had made an abominable thing for the goddess Asherah. Asa cut down her abominable thing, reduced it to dust, and burned it in the Wadi Kidron. The shrines, indeed, were not abolished in Israel. However, Asa was wholehearted with Hashem, all his life. He brought into the house of Hashem the things that he and his father had consecrated, silver, gold, and utensils. There was no war until the 35th year of the reign of Asa. In the 36th year of the reign of Asa, King Basha of Israel marched against Yehuda and built up Ramah to block all movement of King Asa of Yehuda. Asa took all the silver and gold from the treasuries of the house of Hashem and the royal palace and sent them to King Ben-Hadad of Aram, who resided in Damascus with this message, There is a pact between me and you, as there was between my father and your father. I herewith send you silver and gold. Go and break your pact with King Basha of Israel, so that he may withdraw from me. 
Ben-Hadad acceded to King Asa's request. He sent his army commanders against the towns of Israel and ravaged Ijon, Dan, Abel-Maim, and all the garrison towns of Naphtali. When Basha heard about it, he stopped building up Ramah and put an end to the work on it. Then King Asa mustered all Yehuda, and they carried away the stones and timber with which Basha had built up Ramah. With these, King Asa built up Geba and Mitzpah. At that time, Hanani the seer came to King Asa of Yehuda and said to him, Because you relied on the king of Aram and did not rely on Hashem your God, therefore the army of the king of Aram has slipped out of your hands. The Cushites and Libyans were a mighty army with chariots and horsemen in very great numbers. Yet because you relied on Hashem, he delivered them into your hands. For the eyes of Hashem range over the entire earth to give support to those who are wholeheartedly with him. You have acted foolishly in this matter, and henceforth you will be beset by wars. Asa was vexed at the seer and put him into stocks, for he was furious with him because of that. Asa inflicted cruelties on some of the people at that time. The acts of Asa, early and late, are recorded in the annals of the kings of Yehuda and Israel. In the thirty-ninth year of his reign, Asa suffered from an acute foot ailment, but ill as he was, he still did not turn to Hashem, but to physicians. Asa slept with his fathers. He died in the forty-first year of his reign, and was buried in the grave that he had made for himself in the city of David. He was laid in his resting place, which was filled with spices of all kinds, expertly blended. A very great fire was made in his honor. Romans 9, 1-24 With Yeshua as my witness, I, Paul, speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. I would be willing to be forever cursed and cut off from Yeshua if that would save them. They are the people of Israel chosen to be God's adopted children. God revealed his glory to them. He made covenants with them and gave them his Torah. He gave them the privilege of worshiping him and receiving his wonderful promises. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are their ancestors, and Yeshua himself was an Israelite as far as his human nature is concerned. And he is God, the one who rules over everything and is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. Well then, has God failed to fulfill his promise to Israel? No, for not all who are born into the nation of Israel are truly members of God's people. Being descendants of Abraham doesn't make them truly Abraham's children. For the scriptures say, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted, though Abraham had other children too. This means that Abraham's physical descendants are not necessarily children of God. Only the children of the promise are considered to be Abraham's children. For God had promised, I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. This son was our ancestor Isaac. When he married Rebekah, she gave birth to twins. 
But before they were born, before they had done anything good or bad, she received a message from God. This message shows that God chooses people according to his own purposes. He calls people, but not according to their good or bad works. She was told, Your older son will serve your younger son. In the words of the scriptures, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Are we saying then that God was unfair? Of course not. For God said to Moses, I will show mercy to whom I show mercy, and I will show compassion to whom I show compassion. So it is God who decides to show mercy. We can neither choose it nor work for it. For the scriptures say that God told Pharaoh, I have appointed you for the very purpose of displaying my power in you and to spread my fame throughout the earth. So you see, God chooses to show mercy to some, and he chooses to harden the hearts of others so they refuse to listen. Well then, you might say, why does God blame people for not responding? Haven't they simply done what he makes them do? No, don't say that. Who are you, a mere human being, to argue with God? Should the thing that was created say to the one who created it, Why have you made me like this? When a potter makes jars out of clay, doesn't he have a right to use the same lump of clay to make one jar for decoration and another to throw garbage into? In the same way, even though God has the right to show his anger and his power, he is very patient with those on whom his anger falls, who are destined for destruction. He does this to make the riches of his glory shine even brighter on those to whom he shows mercy who were prepared in advance for glory. And we are among those whom he selected, both from the Jews and from the Gentiles. Psalm 19, 1-14 The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak. Night after night they make him known. They speak without a sound or word, their voice is never heard, yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. The sun rises at one end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end. Nothing can hide from its heat. The instructions of the Lord are perfect reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning to your servant, a great reward for those who obey them. How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, 
O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Proverbs 20, verse 1 Wine produces mockers, alcohol leads to brawls. Those led astray by drink cannot be wise. I'd like to speak to you today from Second Chronicles chapters 15 and 16, and we're going to zoom in on King Asa, who was the king of the southern kingdom, the kingdom of Judah. And King Asa is confronted with enemies about to attack him, the Cushites. And as he's being confronted and the battle lines are being drawn in chapter 14, verse 10, Asa calls upon Hashem, his God, and he says, Hashem, if it is all the same to you to help the numerous or the powerless, help us, Hashem our God, for we rely on you, and in your name we have come against this great multitude. You are Hashem our God, let no mortal hinder you. And so because he humbled himself, and he was depending upon the Lord and looking to the God of Israel, God delivers them and gives them a great victory in this battle. And so what happens after that is that uh, King Asa leads the people of the southern kingdom into a path of following the Lord. In, In chapter 15, verse 12, they entered into a covenant to worship the God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. And they took an oath to Hashem in a loud voice with shouts. And in verse 15, all Yehuda rejoiced over this oath, for they swore with all their heart and sought him with all their will and responded to them and gave them respite on every side. So, Asa's leading them down a very good road and pathway. Later on in this chapter, we see that Asa, King Asa, destroys all of the idols in the land. He pulls them down and destroys them. And he's encouraged by Hanani, the seer, who came to him and said, Because you relied on the king of Aram and did not rely on Hashem your God, therefore... So he pulls down all the idols in the land and he leads the people down a very good path. However, Asa does not end well. He begins well, but he does not end well. Later on, Asa is now confronted with another battle. King Basha of the northern kingdom, the kingdom of Israel, is now going to march against him and is building up... um, in Ramah to block all movement of King Asa. And so now he's got another battle lining up with battle lines being drawn. And King Asa does not consult with or turn to the God of Israel. He takes matters in his own hands. He leans on his own strength, his own understanding, and his own rationale. And instead, he goes to the king of Aram in Damascus and says, hey, There's a pact between you and and my father, and I want you to break the pact that you had with the northern kingdom and stand with me instead. So he makes an alliance with this king of Aram up in Damascus and deals with this situation in his own power, in his own strength, with his own might, and does not turn at all to the king, to the God of Israel. 
And so because he does this, in chapter 16, verse 7, Hanani, the seer, comes to King Asa and corrects him and rebukes him and tells him this, because you relied on the king of Aram and did not rely on Hashem your God. Therefore, the army of the king of Aram has slipped out of your hands. He goes on to say in verse 9, For the eyes of Hashem range over the entire earth to give support to those who are wholeheartedly with him. You have acted foolishly in this matter, and henceforth you will be beset by wars. Now at this point, King Asa could have repented. He could have humbled himself. He could have said, Yes, you're right. I sinned and repented. And there would have been mercy for him. But no, he does not do that. He was vexed with the seer, put him in stocks. He was furious with him. And he inflicted cruelties on some of the people at that time. And then in verse 12, In the 39th year of his reign, Asa suffered from an acute foot ailment. But ill as he was, he still did not return to Hashem. But instead, he turned to physicians. So here is an example of a king who started out well. And he turned to God with all of his heart. He leaned upon the Lord. He he prayed and asked for God to guide him and to give him a victory over the Cushites. He pulled down the idols in the land. He had all of the people um, renew their covenant with the Lord and to follow him and walk in his ways and keep his covenant and his commands. But then later in life, When another battle is before him, he doesn't turn to God. He turns to a king, the king of Aram, and he he did not finish well. So there's wisdom in understanding this story. We can all begin well, but the real bottom line is, will we finish well? Will we stay the course? Will we run the race so as to win the prize of the upward call of Yeshua, our Messiah? It is important to finish well. We can start well, but sometimes we may hit a bump in the road. We may get sidewinded. We might get a sideswipe. Something distracts us. We get discouraged. We get weary. We get selfish. We get worldly. And how important it is to finish well the race that we are running, the walk that we are walking with our God and our King. May we all finish well to our dying breath. Now please enjoy this beautiful worship song, Psalm 19 by Donnie. Heaven's prayer 
Yevrekka Adonai Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs> 